And I got something over here. Uh, I don't know who likes the smell of freshly baked bread, but that's kind of our, our topic for the day. And parents, I want you to think about when you're at home and your kids ask what's for dinner, and then you tell them, three minutes later they ask again, and parents that are, more, that are better parents than me or more gracious than me might just remind them where I might say something not quite as nice, like, do you smell it? Uh, I just told you. Then again, they ask in another five minutes. I don't know how that happens at your house, but it doesn't mine. Uh, pretty regularly. So I also want you to think about Bread is, is such a simple thing, but it makes us so hungry sometimes. And seniors, I have a gift for you. If you would like some bread, these are just rolls. Daniel, I know you'll want some. <laughs> I just know you love bread, Daniel. I'm not picking on you. So I've got... I'm going to set them down here. Seniors, if you want them, you can come get them. My goal is that you'll help spread the smell of this bread and make people hungry, because that will help with what we're talking about today. Well, that's the thing, not that kind of senior. You can pick which one you want. I did paint some fresh butter on them, too. Or do you want a different one? You want this one? If you need a napkin. Thank you. They each got one, so I'll just keep this one for later. So sometimes the smell of fresh food just really makes us hungry. And that gives that feeling of home. Uh, there's a sense of peace and security about it. So have you ever heard the term mystery meat? We joke around about mystery meat a lot, right? Uh, sometimes we, we use that with institutional food like school lunches. Well, today's mystery meat. Um, how many of you would say that you've eaten something that you really didn't know what it was? Yeah, that, that can be fun sometimes. So we joke around about that a lot. But we have this in the scriptures, this thing called manna in the Old Testament. And if you didn't know, the Hebrew word for manna, or the Hebrew word for that, means what is it? Uh, so in the passage that we read, when we get there and they say, what is it? It's manhu, which is where we get the name manna. So we're going to look at that. But uh, take a quick sidestep. We, we use this term when we greet each other, how are you, quite a bit, right? And I've got a few guys in my life that I meet with regularly that if they have to, if they need to, they will just kind of grab my shoulders, they'll look me in the eye, and they'll just say, how are you, really? And you see the difference there, right? We, we greet with how are you a lot. Um, but sometimes when we just greet each other, do you ever wonder how you should answer? It, sometimes it's, it's easy. Sometimes it's, how much time do you have? How, how far do we really uh, want to get in this? And sometimes there's a lot of uncertainty in life. Um, but over the last few years, uh, we've experienced that. Sometimes it's really challenging. Uh, sometimes uh, busyness really creeps into our lives, or there's some unsettledness. 
Uh, and I, I had kind of a season of that where I just felt like I was spinning my wheels, that sometimes we're, we're in such a hurry, we're always on the run, but we're not really going anywhere uh, or making much progress. Uh, and sometimes that's related to planning the future because there's times where it seems uncertain. And sometimes it's if we really want to work toward a vision. Uh, and I was going through a season where I had a certain level of stress and uh, I was reading my Bible one morning, and I was just hit with this image. Uh, I was making kind of a list of things that were stressing me out or things that I wanted to fix that weren't quite right in my life. And I realized, I'm okay. Even if the future seems unreliable or unclear, I have my daily bread. And I'm getting just what I need when I need it. And God's good and faithful, and present. And some of you might relate this to a, when we do that exercise where we talk about counting your blessings, but it's a little different. And I think what we look at today uh, could not only help our seniors, meaning our graduates, <laughs> got heckler up here, uh, and, uh, but all of us. So uh, we're going to look at sort of a theology of bread in the Bible, but this is not an exhaustive picture. It's not a complete picture. It's sort of an intro, uh, and you can explore it more uh, on your own later. So we're going to see God's love for us through this illustration of bread in the scriptures. There is an outline if you want to fill in these blanks uh, as we go along. And the first one is bread as God's provision. So we're going to look in Exodus 16. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Uh, we won't have all of the verses on the screen, but I will be reading these. Um, and in the context, in Exodus here, the Israelites had gone through the Red Sea, the, the great miracle of Moses leading them through the Red Sea, but then hunger comes. And hunger can do some crazy things to us. It was like they completely forgot about the Red Sea and they start complaining. And God, in, in the beginning of chapter 16, says he's going to rain down bread from heaven. He's going to take care of them. And starting at verse 14, I'm going to read. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? Manna. For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. So when we look at God's provision, uh, sometimes it can be confusing. They said, what is it? They didn't even know what it was. Sometimes it might not be what we expect. You know, this bread from heaven, what's this all about, right? Um, it won't always be a feast. 
Now, they did have bread in the morning, and then quail came in the evening, so it's not like they only had bread. But God's provision will meet our need. It was eat your fill, what you need, but don't keep it until morning, because there will be more. And we see here that, that God is still faithful, even when people aren't faithful to him. We might take it for granted. Sometimes we don't recognize the blessings in our lives from him. But God still provided the manna, even in their disobedience. So I, I, I found a, an interesting story. Um, after the Korean War ended, South Korea was left with a large number of children who had been orphaned by the war. We've seen the same thing in the Vietnam conflict in Bosnia and other places. In the case of Korea, relief agencies came in to deal with all the problems that, that arose in connection with having so many orphaned children. One of the people involved in this relief effort told me about a problem they encountered with the children who were in the orphanages. Even though the children had three meals a day provided for them, they were restless and anxious at night and had difficulty sleeping. As they talked to the children, they soon discovered that the children had... Uh, <clears throat> when they were put to bed, what they decided is that the relief workers would place a single piece of bread uh, in their hand. The bread wasn't intended to be eaten. It was simply intended that they would hold on to it. It was kind of a security blanket for them, reminding them that there would be provision for their daily needs. Uh, and sure enough, the bread calmed their anxieties and helped them sleep. Uh, likewise, we take comfort in knowing that our physical needs are met, that we have food or bread for our needs. Uh, in the ancient culture, uh, families baked bread every day uh, except the Sabbath. Uh, they were flat, round loaves of, of sort of like pita bread, uh, what we would have, and they ate bread almost every meal, and bread became a symbol uh, of welcome, acceptance, and hospitality. Uh, in the scriptures, we see this with Elijah, we see this with Elisha, and we see this with Jesus. Uh, and in the book of Acts, we see that phrase, they broke bread. We see the, that phrase, breaking of bread, pretty common to where it, it kind of symbolizes that uh, unity, that acceptance. Uh, but we also see bread uh, as God's presence. And I'm going to read from Exodus 25, and I'll get to those other passages as well. But with, with Exodus, uh, this is, these are the instructions that God gave for the tabernacle. Make a table of acacia wood, two cubits long, a cubit wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold and make a gold molding around it. Also make, it, uh, make around it a rim, a hand breadth wide, and put a gold molding on the rim. Make four gold rings for the table and fasten them to the four corners where the four legs are. The rings are to be close to the rim to hold the poles used in carrying the table. Make the poles of acacia wood, overlay them with gold, and carry the table with them. And make its plates and dishes of pure gold as well as its pitchers and bowls for the pouring out of offerings. Put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times. And then we find uh, more instructions about the bread in Leviticus 24, starting at verse 5. Take the finest flour and bake 12 loaves of bread using two-tenths of an ephah for each loaf. Arrange them in two stacks, six in each stack, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. By each stack, put some pure incense as a memorial portion to represent the bread and to be a food offering presented to the Lord. This bread is to be set out before the Lord regularly, Sabbath after Sabbath, 
on behalf of the Israelites as a lasting covenant. It belongs to Aaron and his sons who are to eat it in the sanctuary area because it is a most holy part of their perpetual share of food offerings presented to the Lord. So we see in these verses that bread became a symbol of God's presence. There was always fresh bread in the tabernacle and eventually uh, the temple. And God's presence uh, is also seen among us in Jesus who identifies himself with the Passover sacrifice, uh, showing us this new and better uh, deliverance. And then in the New Testament, he also compares himself to the manna in the desert. And that's where we're going to go to John 6. And it says, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the G God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the gift of God's presence through Jesus. So he associates himself to the wilderness manna, that provision that came from God. And through Jesus, all of our spiritual needs are met. Oppression and dark powers are always present. But this, this feast of God's presence that is with us brings hope uh, and it energizes us to finish the journey. Uh, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 10, if you have your Bible. 
And I'm going to read 1 through 4 and 16 and 17. And this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. And then down to the verse 16. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. And it's through God's presence that we can have unity, we can have peace, uh, and we can have joy. Uh, but we also see that God's bread is enough. So I want to talk about this word enough, because that means a lot of different things. So ways that we use this word enough. How about ingredients in a recipe? It, sometimes it, mm, that's enough. Uh, how about frosting on a cake? That's enough. So uh, we have very different definitions on how much is enough when it comes to certain things, like frosting on a cake or toppings on ice cream. I know some don't like to see any ice cream. They just want to see that chocolate or caramel, right? Um, sometimes, let's say we walk by a candy jar or a bowl of candy. Some of us might grab one or two. Some of us are grabbing a handful, and some of us are filling our pockets. Or we just grab the jar or the, the bowl and just take it, right? How about when you think of someone serving you food? Well, that's enough. Uh, or or if, if a parent's there, uh, we want more, and they say, well, nope, you've had enough. Uh, if we don't want to share with someone, let's say that you've got the candy, and hey, can I have some? This happens at my house. Uh, sometimes I walk by and someone's got like Sour Patch Kids or Reese's Pieces. Hey, can I have some? And sometimes it's no. And sometimes it's like one piece. Ha ha ha, there you go. But what, do, what does enough um, really mean? Uh, when I say God's bread is enough, it's we have just the right amount at the right time. Now think about your favorite meal and I want you to think spiritually, not, well, physically too, but God never meant for us to just be completely stuffed. We need to be useful. And he's always provided enough. Uh, it's hard to be active on an empty stomach, but it's also hard to be active if we've overeaten. Uh, sometimes people joke around about, well, you'll have to roll me out of this place because uh, I ate too much. And if you've ever put in a hard day's work, you know you get pretty hungry for lunch, and if you overeat, you might not be as productive uh, the rest of the day. So to have enough means to receive energy and strength without limiting our ability to work or be active. We will need more eventually, but we have what we need uh, at the moment. And one of the things we've learned over the last few years, we don't just buy what we need. And it's kind of the old cliche now, the, the whole toilet paper illustration. Uh, we don't typically leave some for the next person. <laughs> we buy so we've got what we want. Now, there's also been a new awareness uh, for mental health. We've seen the stock market dance around up and down. 
And I'm not against savings accounts. I'm not against investments. I'm not against long-term planning. But if we think spiritually, why is it that so many of us feed on scraps or yesterday's bread when we have fresh bread today? When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread, God wants to meet with us and speak to us and we don't always take the time to seek him in the scriptures uh, or in prayer. And that's the daily bread. There's also a past, present, and future side uh, to these three things. So if we look at the past, we see how God has provided in the past, and that can help build our faith and expectation. And God might ask us, do you trust me? Will you walk by faith today, knowing what I've done in the past that's shown us who he is. And then in the present, when we rest in God's presence and we allow him to sustain us, we live in peace and joy and we learn to walk with him each day. But we still might struggle with that question sometimes, God, are you with me? And then we look at the future. And we don't have to have anxiety because we know who God is what he has done, and the promises he has made. And we trust that tomorrow there will be bread. I'm talking spiritually. And this imagery of bread lays a foundation for God's provision and presence in our lives. And because of that foundation, we don't need to fear the future. These four aren't in fear. You saw the smiles on their face. They're excited to see where God might lead them, what God might do uh, in their lives. But Moses did give a reminder and warning in De Deuteronomy 8. And I want to read that. I'll read 10 to 18. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. We saw in John 6 that, that Christ is the living bread. He's the bread from heaven. He's also called the rock. We learn that in 1 Corinthians. And he came out of Bethlehem. And if you didn't know, Bethlehem is a phrase, Beit Lechem, which means house of bread. Uh, and if we turn to Christ, give him our lives, we get that fulfillment, we get peace, we get joy, and we get hope. Uh, and as a follower of Christ, we just need to remember that source of the bread, and we don't have to settle for yesterday's bread that he's promised to meet with us uh, each day. And that's what I want to encourage you guys with today. Um, we don't always know what tomorrow will bring, but we're offered bread today, and uh, we, can, we can have what we need uh, when we need it.
Will you please stand with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our time together today. I pray that um, something that was shared here from the scriptures today would would sink in and uh, just just encourage uh, each person here. I pray that you would help us to, to live in faith. I pray that you would help us to, uh, to just see uh, your goodness and that we would um, be ready to just hear from you and receive that spiritual bread that you've offered. Uh, please bless each family here uh, as we uh, continue our time together this morning. I just pray that uh, you would bring encouragement and joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.